Many books, television shows, and movies tell stories of people traveling through time. Some of them give us a peek into the future, while others show the consequences of changing the past. If a Catholic had the ability to travel through time, should he or she do so? Altering time to affect the present poses many ethical and moral problems that one cannot avoid. When we say that in Jesus Christ, all time belongs to him and all the ages, does this include alternate timelines? Today, we enter the universe of time travel. This is Truly Universal. Welcome to Truly Universal, the podcast where we discuss all things Catholic in another universe. My name is Rents, and I'm joined today, really excited, our full full core cast, Meg, Ian, Mark, and Matt, to talk about today's topic, time travel. So welcome to the universe of time travel. So I'm going to go around, and let's talk about what is uh, each of our favorite use of time traveling in a movie, show, or book. So let's let's start off, Meg. Doctor Who. Oh, dang it. All right. That was first. It's not yeah. my fault. Okay, and just give us a couple of lines of why that's your favorite. Um, I just appreciate that he travels in time and space. He's a she. She now. It's a she now, y'all. 2019? 2019. Okay. Cool. So we got Doctor Who off the list. All right, Ian, what's your favorite use? I enjoy... Well, well I enjoy the time traveling in Doctor Who, especially because when they reveal things as a surprise, it's like, oh, wait a minute, that was... His daughter the whole time, we're <laughs> like, oh my god, that's that's his wife, um, or your best friend uh, is actually your daughter, but you didn't know it anyway. Uh, sorry, that was major spoilers. I hope you guys don't get that. But we have also just um, oh, what was that movie with Tom Cruise and he kept going back over? And over. It's like Groundhog Day, but oh, um, we need a fact check. I think it was Edge of Tomorrow. That was a that was a good one of my favorite sci-fi movies and he always just repeats things and he does things again, having learned it's like it's like you know Bill Murray but love you know, action more action guns and and Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt nice so uh, Meg's got Doctor Who Edge of Tomorrow Mark what's your favorite well the funniest one I've seen is Futurama where Fry finds out he's his own grandfather <laughs> I, I remember that yeah that is a, distinctly remember that. That's a good, good one. Lord. Okay, strange, but Help we'll us. take that. So Futurama, Matt? Uh, my favorite uh, use of time travel is actually uh, an anime. It's called uh, Erased, and it's like uh, a mystery thriller, but it's like written with time travel in mind. And I already like sort of like mystery and sort of like stuff like uh, BBC's uh, Sherlock or like elementary and stuff like that. So like throw time tra- travel into that and it becomes super fascinating. So. Nice. Okay, mine is a little bit hard. I, I, I was a coin flip between the classic uh, Back to the Future and uh, the new Marvel film uh, Avengers uh, Endgame. So, but I, I picked Endgame. I like the fact of, we're going to talk about it in a bit, uh, multi-universe. I don't like this whole linear, closed-loop type of stuff. Um, I like kind of open-ended shards. So that lives us to, uh, leads us to a great transition into our topic, time travel. So... Um, they 
based on all the media out there, the books, the shows, there, there's different time travels, ways of time travel. They're all different based on, you know, what method they use. Uh, so we're going to talk about three. And so, Matt, tee us up. Uh, tell us what the first one that we're going to discuss. Uh, you could sort time travel into three different categories to sort of give an overview for the entire podcast. So there's closed loop. There's alternate reality theory or multiverse theory, and there's also a flexible timeline. But the first one to answer your question is a closed loop. And closed loop, uh, the example I could think of that probably everyone has seen is uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And the idea of closed loop is if you time travel, everything you do in the past is part of the same timeline. So uh, I guess it's been a long time, so... Spoilers if you haven't read Harry Potter or seen the movie. If you haven't yet, you need to go out and... <laughs> yeah, go and do that. Dang it, I gotta before listening to the rest of the Bye. podcast. But like, Harry and his friends are attacked by the Dementors, and then they travel back in time, and then Harry realizes that he has to save his younger self because he has already did it before. He has to do that because in the past, his future self saved him from the same fate. So... This sort of time travel is sort of the most logical because everything that anytime you go back into the past, you've already done it because that's the continuous flow of time. But the problem issue with it is that it has some troubling free will issues because it means that everything anyone has ever done or anything that they are going to do is preordained. So if someone is going to time travel, they will time travel because they've already time traveled. Interesting. Closed loop. So yeah, so let's let's talk about this. Let's go around the horn and say, what are some logical and even theological issues with this this closed loop uh, time travel method? Well, you're all looking at me. I'm not going <laughs> to... <laughs> uh, in our closed loop, Ian goes first, so we can't... Uh, Stop it! Yeah. <laughs> Went in, back into the past or future. Yeah. No, I think one of the main issues is, is, like you said, Matt, is that if it's closed loop, that means everything's happened already. It's like we can't escape it. Um, so it has some real big problems with like salvation, like the idea of, okay, if Matt is going to do something crazy like murder someone and he tries to go back in time to stop himself, but like it's a botched effort and it's supposed to be botched, like there's no way out of it, then Matt's like stuck in this closed loop where he will never get salvation. And he will never not murder his brother. I just imagine it's his brother. That Why me? Because <laughs> you're the most likely. Good Lord. <laughs> Help us. What else? What else we got? Well, if you're dealing with a closed loop, you're also dealing with just like a whole worldview of everything happening because of necessity. And then the world and everything around it, even to us, to down from plants and animals and people everything just becomes like a whole machine and everything has to run in like the super orderly fashion. And there's no way to be able to experience something out of yourself. And that ends up conflicting with how God wants us to be able to love him through our own free choice. It almost becomes like, how can you have salvation and be able to like fully accept God's love when you're just a cog in machine having to work and do stuff in it? I think what's really troubling sort of, I guess, with the idea that everything is preordained is just like the idea of conversion. It would be weird to sort of have the perspective like I can't convert because I'm not meant to because that's never supposed to happen. And then sort of like the idea of like free will is the idea that you can change and that people change and grow and can make new decisions 
and like your past doesn't necessarily define you so I sort of think of an example of like some of our older viewers that they've ever seen like that's a raven there's like sometimes she tries to change the future because she knows what's supposed to come ahead but she isn't able to because whatever she tries to do like Wentz was saying before it's futile because what she ends up doing causes what the future that's supposed to happen and then the idea that you have no control some people would give up on the idea of conversion I broke the cycle and ended up being up first. So, yes. No, so we are not in a closed loop with that one. Okay. No. And uh, another thing uh, that I have an issue with closed loop. Actually, no. This is going to be a positive closed loop. I do like closed loop from a storytelling perspective because it's kind of cool. It's like built in foreshadowing. Like if we were in this podcast and then we heard the garage like knock and it just changes our whole conversation. And then we look back later. It's like, what was that garage knock? Oh, it was Rents who was out in the cold and trying to get us to talk about knocking on the garage door. So cool. So we got closed loop there. So overall, let's kind of go around the loop, say, closed loop, do we like it theologically? Yes or no? I like it fictionally <laughs> because it makes the most logical sense because that has the least plot holes. The only way I see theologically that closed loop would work is if you don't have such like a hard stance on everything being predetermined where the general thing is going to happen the way it's going to happen. But um, like the little details can change kind of like just looking at the example, like there's an episode of Doctor Who when they're in Pompeii, there, there's a bunch of stuff that's happening at the same time while they're there. But um, they can't avoid Vesuvius erupting and destroying the entire city of Pompeii. So what you're saying is like certain events are inevitable, but the, the concept of free will is still prevalent. Uh, right. That leads us to our second uh, category of, of time travel is flexible. Yeah. So uh, flexible timeline. Uh, the most classic example of this is Back to the Future, which uh, Renz mentioned earlier. Uh, Marty McFly goes back in time and stops his parents from meeting. He undoes his own existence, but he doesn't disappear. Instead, he has a buffer period where he can still fix his existence, which is kind of weird. Why or how this buffer period exists is unclear, but you could change the past and cause something that can't happen to happen, but it doesn't cause major changes, at least not immediately. Okay. I kind of got you there. So I just need to think Marty McFly. Yes. Got it. But how long does that buffer period even last? It depends on the work of fiction, honestly. <laughs> depends on Hollywood and entertainment. Is it like a breakup where it's like it takes half as much time as the relationship was to like get over <laughs> it? Like, is that. Is that you know, that would oh, be a it's great. supposed to be half? I thought it was three times. Oh. That would be a great rule to write <laughs> for fiction. Then it just depends on how many changes you've made. And then that depends on how long the universe takes to buffer all those changes. So we're, it's whatever the throughput speed of the universe is at that time? Exactly. Right. I like it. Okay. 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 It's about mother-father time, whatever they decide. So yeah, you can go back in time, you could change stuff, and then the future will change. But things like paradoxes, which is contradiction in reality, they can occur and things can still exist which is odd. And there are rules. I think there are rules according to Back to the Future. Like you can't, like you said, you can't meet yourself is one of the paradoxes. And yeah. um, I, I can't remember what other ones. I started thinking of Aladdin and the genie wishes. Can't bring people back from the dead. Can't make someone fall in love with you. Wait. <laughs> different paradoxes. Different paradox. <laughs> we'll save that for another Urban Picks. But okay, so let's talk about flexible. What are the theological, philosophical, physical, logical 
pros cons uh, with with a flexible timeline. Well, it seems we have taken the free will thing to the other extreme now. That like my free will then can really like change things up, change whole courses of history. But which is I also think kind of true, right? I mean, you do that now, right? I mean, yeah. We talk about real like your free will changes anything and everything. And I think that with our with a with a Catholic kind of view of will, and whereas like closed loop is like destiny, right? But I think for the Catholic, both can work at the same time. That one's destiny and freedom work together at the same time. Like when you when you feel like it's weird, like uh, like with Mary. Okay, let's think about Mary. Okay, I like it. I like yeah. it so far. Okay, she was proposed to by God, right? You know, have my baby. Okay, so she could have said no, and said, "Wow, what would that have been like? Would there have been someone else? I don't know." Janet, I don't, I don't know. That's a very, <laughs> that's an awesome Jewish name. <laughs> I know it's not very. I don't think it is. I'm sorry. Uh, shout out to um, people named Janet. Uh, but like, I think at the same time, it, it was destiny, and at the same time, her full free will. And I think for the time travel things, why can't you know, porque no los dos? Why can't we have both? Interesting. So you're proposing closed, a flexible, a closed, flexible <laughs> loop. Loop. Uh, I sound really dumb right now. It's okay. So it's, it's okay. a slow motion of the closed loop, where you could undo it if you wanted to, but you really don't. So you're just going back to the closed loop. It's like a like a what do you call it? A loop knot, where you. Like, oh God. You, <laughs> it's a knot, but Have like mercy. you pull it. It's loose enough that it just undoes itself. Those knots freak me out all the time. <laughs> it's flexible oh, and close. Oh, those weird shipping, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sailor's knots. It's like, it keeps us together, but I could take it out so easily. It's like, God's mercy. God's mercy. That's a good line. So, okay. So, yeah, so flexible close up. So, we're, we're leaning, I guess we're getting a little bit more. So we're off. We can go. Oh, uh, yes. No, I please. like it. I like but working it. Working off of what you said, using Mary as an example, the only reason she's able to still say yes and still work with the destiny that God wills is because she's Mary full of grace because she has that fine-tuned connection with God that us humans with concupiscence and original sin don't have. Mm -hmm. And so she's able to feel and know that this is what she wants and should be done. Whereas like the rest of us may not be in that same yeah. situation. And, and actually, if you look at the, you know, I, I can't, I can't draw it from my head as quick, but the document where I think it's Deus, where the church affirms the Immaculate Conception, I actually might be wrong on that. Uh, but they say that she was prevented from having original sin by the future work of her son. Because God, who is outside of time, takes the graces of his death and applies them backwards in time. Wow. That's... Something, something like that. Yeah. What? what? Are we in a fiction? No. This, this, is, this, this is reality. reality. that, then, would time traveling then put us more in line with God? Because God is outside of time? Oh, let's, let's transition. Let's, really let's... quickly, I was wrong. It was... Uh, thank you, Mark. Uh, it was, it's ineffabilis deus. I apologize. I think... The other one is nice assumption. Track. Yeah, thank you. There, there is one other universe that we can talk about, but I, I like to take since we're on this track already, we'll, we'll revisit the third one. But let's talk about God's time and all this. I think let's let's take the, the bring in the the God's Kairos. time. <laughs> so let's let's talk about that. What is God's view in time? So we talked about time travel in a fictional world. 
But let's take a moment and talk about God's time. So Ian mentioned it a little bit. It's like a little bit of both flexible, uh, flexible closed loop, um, a little bit of God's beyond time. Can you talk a little bit more about and expand on that, Meg, about God being beyond eternity, beyond time? Oh, God is divine and God created all. He has no beginning or end. Ergo, he does not. Yeah, because I, I think of like Big Bang. You don't time. God don't time. Because he created time. We talk about creation and he literally created time. So he always existed. And what was that nihil, ex nihilo? Yeah. Out of nothing. Out of nothing. Uh, God created time. So then he's not part of it. So how does he view time? Well, if he can take the saving power of the cross 33 years before he became incarnate and uses those graces to be able to preserve Mary from original sin so that she would be able to say yes, to be able to have Jesus so that he can go and save us on the cross. It's almost like he can go and pick wherever he wants in time and be able to do whatever he wants with it. Let's talk about the mass for a second, too. About oh, how, boy. <laughs> um, this is where I kind of lean towards towards Megan Ian about we don't talk about Christ dying again, uh, like we're re-killing him at mass, but it's a, a re-remembrance of that moment on Calvary. Uh, a re-presentation. Ah, uh, yes, right? yes. Like? Anamesis. Anamnesis, so that's Greek, right? It means to remember. So mm. like when we remember, what are you doing when you're remembering? You're bringing part of your past into your present, right? Yes. What is when God remembers something? Oh. It's God remembering, right? He brings something from what seems to be our past into our present now, right? So with Jesus being both God and man, whatever he does and or whatever he has done has a, a time kind of dimension, but also a eternal dimension. And we can tap into that like tapping land and magic, sorry. We can we can tap into this thing that is always is, right? The mass is bigger on the inside. <laughs> Whoa, is that did you just He did the thing. That's, That's like the, the whole premise of the of the show. <laughs> Except the one time they were like, it's smaller on the in or it's sorry, smaller on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> Shout outs to Doctor Who fans out there. So okay. All right. So I think that's pretty cool. But let's talk about uh, the common thing that about God's omniscience in terms of time. So if he knows everything mm. and time is, you know, beneath him or above him or, or just whatever. So he should be able to see into the future. Like, could we look, talk about that? So Raven and like, is that how God works? It's like, he can see the future a bit, but he's like, we don't know the in-betweens because we as humans are, are incapable. So does that bring us back to a deterministic God? No, because we still have free will. It kind of reminds me, like, I an analogy for me, there would be, like, a person who's, like, running a retreat or, like, running a class or running, like, a workshop or a conference. Like, we're the people going to this retreat. God is, like, the retreat master. He, like, knows the schedule. He knows what's going on. Um, he gets to know us the first night of the retreat so he can figure out what is going to unfold thereafter just by knowing us. Well, it's different because God knows us from the very beginning, but it's an analogy. So it's never going to be sufficient. Um, so like on a retreat, like we get to know the retreatants. We can understand, well, Billy is going to cry Saturday night or Billy might not. Like Billy might make these choices that we hope he I th- would. I feel personally I attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Is, your, is your middle name Billy? <laughs> Didn't know your middle name is Billy. Sorry, Matt. Matt Billy. Um, so anyway, so Matt, um, we know he's going to cry Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> but basically yeah, he, like he knows us so much that he knows what we would choose at our best or at our worst or at our lukewarm self 
And like when we're a retreat leader, obviously we don't know everything, but we can kind of guess. Obviously we're not God, you know. Uh, well, I think that knowing what someone's going to do doesn't make you the one who did it, right? Just means I mean, you know them. I, yeah. I know exactly what you're going to do. And here's the thing. God has the power to kind of, he can make things in such a way that you're more likely to choose something. And well, the hope is that's what grace does for us inwardly. And also he, you know, he allows things to happen so that um, other things can happen and maybe bring you to like, he allows you to hit rock bottom. Therefore, all you have to lean on is him. Uh, That part. But it's, and it's still your choice though. It's still just because it's all kind of set up in a certain way. You still could choose. No, I think. And God, and God allows that because if we can't choose him, then we're just robots. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It brings me back to, I, I thought about this before. Like, remember how, was it a couple of years ago, uh, Google created this AlphaGo robot that played uh, Go, like that old board game. Yeah. And uh, it's supposedly, supposedly more complicated than chess. Like the variations are way more like crazy that to the point where really good professional Go players, like world renowned, um, call it like they use intuition, like they use feel to feel out their moves because they can't calculate all the odds. And so what Google did is they created this robot that could see all the odds and used all the logarithms and it was never been done before. And this robot that Google made, AlphaGo, uh, beat the number one Go champion of the world uh, like, like very, very thoroughly. And I just thought, okay, man, I think this is a good analogy for how God is because we use God's omnipotence and we talk about him knowing, like the retreat example, he knows us. And I think God, how, what, how much more does God know all the logarithms, all the possibilities, all the things about us, you know, all the, all the uh, you know, intricacies and say, you know, I think about Endgame, like, you know, Dr. Strange, our 14 million, 100, whatever, um, you know, outcomes and one of us wins. And, you know, I wonder if like God says that about us. It's like, I know all of our outcomes. I know all the things that could happen. And because of free will, that wrench in the plan, because I love you, I'm going to let you have free will. There's really only a couple outcomes where salvation happens and I'm going to help you get there. And then combine that with other people's 14 million billion outcomes and God can see it all. But again, like he said, because he loves us, he can't force us in a direction. So he can't put us in that closed loop. Um, it's kind of how I see it a little bit. It kind of reminds me of this episode of Doctor Who. And a lot of times I like yes. watching yes. Doctor Who. It, it's, I, I love it so much. And I didn't get to say this earlier. I just got to say, hey, you travel in time and space. Like a little... Um, yeah, a little, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so in Doctor Who, it's just amazing because he just spends his entire life um, there after this big traumatic event where his life changed and he began to have a better grip on his two hearts. Um, but he spends like his days making sure that everything goes according to the way that it should for the best outcome for the human race specifically. Don't know why he's particular about the human race, but that's the show. I didn't write it. That's a thing. We're human, so I resonate. Um, <laughs> right. No. And and so he spends his days making sure these aliens don't get in the way of this timeline, that everyone's living their best life and all that stuff. And so it reminds me of this episode. Um, it's the Van Gogh episode. Anyone who's out there, don't cry. Oh, boy. Spoilers? It's a pretty old episode. Um, what like my top favorite Doctor Who episode? Favorite Doctor too. Um, I do also like the female Doctor because go women. Um, so the Doctor 
and companion visit Van Gogh. They befriend him. Um, and as we know, Van Gogh had a lot of mental issues. And so um, when the storyline here was that he saw this monster that no one else could see. And it, was, it ended up being this alien that was literally invisible to everyone except for him. And so they spend this episode battling this alien and, and getting to know Van Gogh and like um, befriending him. And uh, prior to this trip, they had gone to a museum to see all of Van Gogh's stuff. Um, so seeing him, uh, the companion of the doctor, uh, Amy really just wanted to save his life, wanted to make him happy, wanted to befriend him, wanted to change all this stuff. Um, so even though they saved him from um, this alien, even though they had all these joyful moments with him, and even though they showed him this exhibit where all his work was and to show him that, you know, like you're, you're appreciated in another time, like later on, the doctor and Amy go back to that timeline without Van Gogh. And Amy's all excited because she thinks that we saved him, like he's going to be alive, like there's going to be more art. And she sees that they didn't. And so it's like, like God is like, kind of like the doctor here, like trying to save us. God, this doctor name, he's like trying to save us, trying to, trying to bring us to salvation. But ultimately, like it's still our free will. I shed a little tear there for, for Van Gogh. <laughs> Shout out to the homie. Um, but yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So let's go back and talk about the third time travel that we kind of skipped over. Let's go back. And uh, Matt, what, what do we have? Uh, we have... Our third theory is alternate reality theory or multiverse theory. To kind of bring it back to what Renz was talking about with uh, Go, uh, alternate reality theory explores all the different pro possibilities that and choices that people make. And with every sort of decision and every single choice, it creates a branch in the timeline, one where the action is performed and one where it is not or another action is performed. And that creates two separate timelines. And there are infinitely many different possibilities of timelines based on people's decisions. Uh, examples of this is J.J. Uh, Abrams' Star Trek reboot, where uh, Nero uh, attacks the uh, USS Kelvin. And uh, another example is uh, Dragon Ball Z, where uh, Future Trunks uh, travels back in time, and then he saves Goku's life by giving him medication for a heart virus. And those create two different realities, uh, one where Goku dies and one where he's alive. And uh, Star Trek is like the series movies, or the series, and then the, the movies that J.J. Uh, Abrams directed. So We also see that uh, in the classic Avengers Endgame where it's hinted at with a multiverse um, where like the Hulk and uh, the Sorcerer Supreme talk about, you know, my timeline, your timeline. But this is a good one. Um, let's, this is the third one we're going to talk about. So let's go around the horn and, and talk about, you know, again, theologically, logically, what are some issues we have with, with the multiverse? Can I present my issue? Yes. I think I've actually spoken this issue to Ian once before. I don't know if he remembers it. But my issue with the uh, with multiverse theory is, let's say hypothetically that in one timeline, like Matt is a good person and he goes to heaven. But like in another timeline, what if like another Matt murders someone? Is my soul separate from the Matt in another timeline? And is salvation based on the individual timelines? Or is it like the collective Matt in all the different timelines. Your average score? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like an average like score. Theological credit score. Do they have individual souls or is this a collective Matt soul? 
And if you don't meet the threshold where 15% plus one of mats fail to be saved, all mats have... See, that's the question. Like, is there is the afterlife based on that that specific timeline? And there's multiple heavens? Dude. Or is or there one, one heaven? Are they completely different people? Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I imagine heaven full of, like, mats, and you're like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <This is> a- <laughs> there's a heaven for mats. <laughs> it's, it's like a club. <laughs> I obviously do not remember this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. No. But it's an interesting critique. Yeah. Yeah. I think every episode I bring up the question... Does it have a soul? <laughs> so this episode is, does Matt in a multi-universe have a soul? Or different souls, because God made us all unique, like each one of us. So maybe this is your doppelganger of sorts. Maybe it's the same upbringing, but it's a different soul. Yeah. Like there's, you know, like maybe God made you all the same in some ways. I just imagine going up to heaven and then like having like these wonders. Like, man, I wonder if I, you know, became a, a YouTube artist and then God's like, <laughs> You want to meet the guy? I'm like, you want to see it? You want to see it? Yeah, you want to. He was a YouTube artist. Yeah, you want to talk about it? All like, oh man, that'd be cool. Talk. But this one is not the one with your fiance. Ah! You'll end up with something like the Good Place, where they mistook you. Like, oh, this is the wrong rents or Matt. Sorry, the other one actually was saved. You are. You have to go to the bad place. (laughs) Case of mistaken identity happens all the time. Or it's like the Flash, where it's like in another world, like you're not, he wasn't with Iris. Dang, dude. But in heaven, we should be complete, right? So you shouldn't feel regret. I guess it would be happiness that you didn't experience another person's, another Matt's joy. Or maybe you find out that that alternate you wasn't as happy, even though they did what you wanted to do. Or they were happy with something else. Oh. I think that's what makes the difference between the souls of those different Matt's or those different Rences is that the end goal, whatever has made them happiest in their life and or and felt God the most is different in all those different universes. So I feel like that is an indication of having a different soul than that that what you're meant for, that greatest gift that God has for you is felt differently but also is different. So that could be a reason behind those souls being different souls. So we're getting rid of the theological or the uh, credit score, the multi-universe <laughs> credit score. Credit score. No, I think we're also score. getting rid of the concept that there are multiple heavens. I presume they all just lead to the same place. Whoa, 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 wait, we didn't rule that out? Wait, no, okay, do we no, rule that out? Separate heavens oh, yeah. for each universe? Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. We, is that what, you're is right. That what we're saying? Yeah, make it. with the multiple neighborhoods? <laughs> but if we're looking like at the Legend of Zelda, there's not like separate Triforces for every single alternate timeline that happens after. After Ocarina of Time, there's still the same Triforce, right? Oh, man, power that was the same Triforce? <laughs> Spoilers. I didn't even know there's God. multiple possible <laughs> Triforces. I don't even know what we're talking about. Because there's three timelines that end up splitting after Ocarina of Time. The one that flows through the games A Link to the Past, and the Oracle series, and Link's Awakening, then the first NES oh, yeah. Legend of so. Zelda. The time travel in Zelda is Link goes back into the past and then changes a course of action. And so he there's two different futures. One where he is no longer present because he left his timeline to go back in time. And one where he lives out that other timeline. So there's the split. That's the alternate reality. Yeah. Then you have the Majora's Mask timeline. And then you have the Wind Waker timeline, right? So then it brings up the question then. All right. I got to play these is, games. Is there multiple... Jesuses oh, in boy. each universe that died. I think I'm going to my brother's like idea of like 
flexible timeline. Like possibly the idea that there's a core, there are core events that have to happen. And I feel like Christ dying would be consistent with all. Like that's not a, or Jesus died. <laughs> like he did and didn't. I don't think that could happen. It would be like he does in all timelines. <laughs> gotcha. So you're thinking like, it branched at the beginning of time and then it comes back together at Jesus' death and then branches yeah. out. Exactly, because if that could happen within one timeline that we don't relive it, but we're just going, we're bringing us remembrance back to that same moment, why can't that happen across multiverses? Plus, if Jesus is, re- or like, if God is as omnipotent as we say he is, then he would be able to save all the timelines, not just one, otherwise he can't be God. Oh my God! God can pick oh. timelines. Is that the title? <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> Is that the title? God saves all the timelines. God saves all the timelines. I like that title. He saves all things. It's like the opposite of Deadpool kills everyone. Deadpool kills all Deadpool. <laughs> or Thanos' salvation history. Um, excellent, excellent. No, that's good. That's good. Hmm. Well. <laughs> Ian's looking pensively at his other timeline and consulting his yeah. other Ian, like like Jet oh Li's. Oh my! Oh my God! The uh, what's that movie? The one. one? Oh my oh. God! It's like in the Flash, where insane. the Doctor Harris or whatever his name is, like consults all the different versions of himself to like oh, figure yeah. out this problem. Like one of them's like a really artsy one, and the other one's like a fake scientist who knows nothing. Well, like Rick and Morty, like, oh, geez, uh, it's all kinds, we right? We haven't talked about that one yet. But, well, uh, I'm unfortunately not an expert in that show. I wish I was. I just really like the super feminist episode where there's a planet of feminists. Oh, yeah. Go go Google that. It's like Handmaid's Tale, but reverse. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Ian, did I you? think, uh, well, there wouldn't be multiple Jesus or gods. I think with God, well, okay, let's, let's talk about the theology now, I guess. I think we have this one life that we live. And decision, right, coming from the word cut off. So you're cutting off multiple timelines, you favor one. Every decision, you are cutting other roads off. Mm-hmm. And there's one left, because you took it. The, they're, they're, those are all in the realm of possibility, right? Uh, but the possibilities haven't actualized, so... Uh, okay, we think of potentiality versus actuality. Yeah, yeah. Uh... So like, like how Aristotle kind of looks at time where time is dependent on change happening, right? So since God doesn't change, God is eternal, time doesn't happen for God, right? He's outside of it. So I guess with us, um, yes, multiple universes in a possibility, like we haven't made a decision yet. There's a possibility like maybe if I did not decide to eat a second plate of Chamorro barbecue earlier today, there might have been a completely different way how my day went. But that doesn't exist anymore because I cut it off by eating that second plate of Chamorin barbecue with a really good. You're right. The other timeline shouldn't exist. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's gone. I think there's just one you. You're uniquely you. I think. Mm, Okay. Yeah, I think. And but I I like the idea of the the crucifixion. Jesus himself being the fixed point in time. All fixed. Crucifixed. They're crucifixed. Time. Time is crucifixed. Another Um, title. Another title. Oh boy. That hit. It hits differently, I think. Yeah, it's a different. Uh, and just kind of like, and, and that's right, because everything, all masses point back to, right? We, the, the church has this thing where like everything that is good before Jesus is good because it pointed to him in the in the future. It was mm-hmm. like kind of like prepping us for him, and then everything after Jesus is good because it points back to him, and so all time belongs to him because all of it is is destined to kind of come back to him, and he kind of, uh, I'm I'm. 
I'm, I'm, I'm mixing between poetry and prose, and my brain is starting I, I to... I like it. I'm, I'm digging it a lot. Okay. No, this is all great points. I think we've settled on <laughs> some pros and cons. But I'm imagining a movie where it's, it's the one, but Matt, there's like a billion Matts, and he's like killing other Matts to gain more powers. <laughs> there can only be one! We do another, like... Uh, like, Let's do a remake. <laughs> no, I do another like podcast on time. There's like all the different like subcategories of these categories. And one of them is like actively going into the past and gaining skills because you imbue them into your past. <laughs> oh, that's like misfits. It's like a British TV show. Yeah. It's a lot of sex, okay. but good, good plot. It's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> nice. So, well. okay, we will uh, <laughs> leave a comment uh, if you want to see us revisit Timeline and see uh, in another universe, alternate universe, maybe we did do time. Crazy. Uh, but we didn't well, because it's God... A, it's been a minute since we've caught up. All right. So, all right, let's let's close it out. We're, we're reaching that, that mark. Um, let's go around and bring it back uh, a little bit more uh, light in terms of the question is, if you yourself could time travel... Which type of time travel would you use and what would you do? So irregardless of the- theology, uh, logic, whatever, just, just okay. on a whim. Like, so uh, whoever wants to go first. Well, Rens, this is really hard. Talk to, uh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Okay. Because time and space and you're saving people as Jesus calls us to do. Oh. Through wow. him. I think Ian's upset that you took Doctor Who again. Uh, pass me. Go around. Uh, I think I kind of like. Let's go old school with like a Christmas carol where you could see what's going to happen with your course of events if you don't change what you're doing now. Because then I can actually fix everything that I'm going to screw up before they actually happen and make sure I don't do anything bad. Nice. That was going to be my example. So I'll use a different example uh, and actually a different concept. Uh, I guess I'm going to go back to... Uh, anime race if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it if you like time travel the premise of the show is like the main character has the ability to time travel like something goes wrong like somebody gets like kidnapped or somebody gets killed and uh, he gets sent back the amount of time needed to fix what wrong has happened and create a course of action that is better for like all people so i like that sort of idea if i could time travel i would like sort of like this power to like something goes wrong in my immediate vicinity i travel back and i try to observe what in this particular moment is wrong and what can be changed i like the idea that we have the power to change things for the better in every moment of our lives so yeah I would, uh, mine is Groundhog Day, kind of like Edge of Tomorrow. I, just purely out of the, the selfishness of being like, I have no repercussions for my actions. <laughs> I can do whatever I want today. And I could just try again tomorrow um, and just do whatever I want and then uh, relive the day. And I get to experience all these type of different uh, rents in one day. It's like playing a video game. Like, oh, I, I missed that jump, so I get to try again. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. And you have that, you have those sick, like, fight choreograph moves because you know exactly what they're going to do. Yep. And you have all of the knowledge of all the past failed attempts. Exactly. Which you don't have in real life. Exactly. So, yeah. Go ahead, Ian. I think I would do, um, I'm going to take a you note know, from a Game of Thrones, and I would be Brandon Stark. And. Oh be able to just see just to kind of see wherever i felt like look looking at just like oh is that true like is that his mom and then oh no that's not his mom <laughs> like okay but i wouldn't i don't want to lose my humanity while being able to do that i don't want to just kind of be in a chair and just just look sullenly at people and i, I you would have to i would feel like you would have to so 
Brand the Broken could be a, a foreshadowing of our next podcast, Game of Thrones, uh, coming up since we just finished it. Catch up three seasons. So yeah, catch up eight. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, like always, thank you for listening to Truly Universal on Time Travel. I'm Rents. I'm Meg. I'm Ian. I'm Mark. I'm Matt. And hope you tune in for our next episode coming to you soon. Goodbye, multiple universe yous, and enjoy your life. Truly Universal is a production of Urban Picks, all things to all. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com slash trulyuniversal. Please like and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, send us an email at trulyuniversal at urbanpicks.com. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next time. Alright. <laughs>